Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. As we look to the Lord to speak to us today, let's begin by praying for those who are in real danger. I want to remind us that we're not just confronted with coronavirus. There are all kinds of additional illnesses and challenges and tragedies. One dear sister who lost a daughter just a few years ago at the age of 49 to an automobile accident in Miami. Just a few days ago, we learned that her 50-year-old son also was killed in an automobile accident. My dear sister Jeanette is broken-hearted, as you would be. I mention this as one state, condition, problem, need, moment of distress, and I suspect I could multiply this a million times for parents or children or spouses all over the world. God knows. And you ask me, Audi, do you believe we can pray about these things? Do you believe God answers prayer? And without hesitation, my answer is yes. Do I understand all that God is doing? And my answer without reservation is no. But I'm called upon to proclaim the living gospel to a dying world. I know that this sounds rather old-fashioned and out of date, but the gospel is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Paul, realizing that a time would come when people would not want to hear the simple gospel. It needs to be more sophisticated. It needs to have some bows and whittles added to it and some bells. Paul says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They'll reject the truth and chase after myths. That's not new. It was true with the children of Israel. They told the prophets, don't tell us right things. Tell us smooth things. And last week, when I left, we were talking about that. And we'll pick it up after prayer. Join me. And I urge you, please pray for me that I may be clear and faithful in the proclamation of God's good news. Lord, we pray for Sister Jeanette and the people who stand in the same boat or sit in the same boat or in the same lane as this grieving mother. We pray for those who are being the victim of the coronavirus. We pray for management and control of this international unseen enemy. We pray for the 
medical profession, the government directions, and the common sense of people to do the right thing. As we hopefully, prayerfully come out of this, may the lessons we learn make us wiser. And Lord, I pray that people listening in today who are hopeless, see no light at the end of their tunnel, will look up, for there's light in the glory of the face of Jesus Christ. Oh God, make the remaining moments we spend together in today's conversation to be for your glory. And we'll give you thanks in the precious name of Jesus, our coming King. Amen. When we left off last week, we'd begun a look at a conversation that Jesus was having with a religious leader, Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a Pharisee. And I want us to pick up there again today because I am convinced that what we need today is not a new Bible or a new set of rules. We simply need to enact the message of the old Bible, the old set of rules, because God's standards will not change. I change, you change, people change, preachers change, teachers change. But my friend, I ask you to pray that the change that will come in your life and in mine will be that we be more and more like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Bible says, till his image is formed in us. And that's the intent of the written word of God. And that's the purpose of the indwelling Holy Spirit of God. Let's listen again to what we began to talk about last week. Jesus is meeting with Nicodemus. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miracles and your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Hold on to that. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life, so that you don't so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you won't you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You, a respected Jewish leader, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things. No one has ever seen, gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man. 
has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Oh, pause for a moment and do a little analysis before we go on to the one best-known verse of the New Testament. Let's look at some context. The person with whom Jesus was conversing came with a legitimate, legitimate religious inquiry. But who is this man, Nicodemus? John describes him as a Jewish religious leader. More than that, he was a member of the religious aristocracy. He was a Pharisee. Well, what does that really mean? That he was a teacher of Jewish religious law? The Pharisees attempted to teach and enforce the letter of the law. And besides that, they added rituals and ceremonies that were not even in the law of Moses. So would it be reasonable to say that this Nicodemus could be described as a good man? Do you feel like, as I suspect, that with all that power and prominence, Nicodemus sought to see Jesus in the dark of night because he would have been embarrassed to have been caught in the company of this Jesus, the controversial Nazarene, Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man, Jesus, the Radical. So let's return to the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Now comes the well-known verse that still divides families and friends. It divided my family when, as a teenager, I came home and told my uncle that I had trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I was on my way to heaven, and he was on his way to hell. Well, that was probably a crude and rough way to introduce the gospel and to introduce my uncle to my newfound friend. It caused an argument. It went beyond an argument. I wasn't wise enough to back off and let God. I wanted to argue. This is how God loved the world, Jesus said. He gave his one and only Son, so whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I must interrupt the conversation again and appeal to you. I do this because that is what the Bible speaks about. I do this because that is what I believe. I do this because Jesus was not blowing smoke when he told Nicodemus that he needed to be born again and that God loves him. But there's one more fact I wish to bring to your attention again today, and I think I did last week. It is this. Notice how Jesus included a simple but profound statement. He says, everyone who believes in him will not perish. Yes, even in the middle of expressing God's great love, Jesus brings up the alternative to life in Christ. It's wrapped up in the word perish. Yes, Jesus is God's way to himself and to, he offers it to you. And he wants you to have the joy of that relationship. But he says, if you don't, there is perishing. There is a lost eternity. As if that was not enough, Jesus follows up in verse 17. He says, God sent not his son into the world to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him 
has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact, that God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Please let God the Holy Spirit speak these words into your heart. Remember, Nicodemus was no blatant renegade. He was sophisticated. He was educated. He was religious. He was a leader of his people. As we come to a close, and as you contemplate your personal eternal destiny, allow me to share with you one more verse of Scripture. Paul was lecturing to the intellectuals on Greece's Mar Hill, Mars Hill. And Paul says, For he had set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, and he proved it to everyone by raising him from the dead. My friend, I've done all I can. I've attempted to explain my the way of righteousness through Jesus Christ. Will you trust him today? Will you embrace him today? Will you let Jesus come into your life and become your Savior and Lord? In simple, childlike faith, tell Jesus that you know you're a sinner and you want him to come into your life to be your Savior and Lord. That's called being saved. That's called being born again. God grant that you will. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.